I love coming to this church. This is the family of God. It's like I know everybody. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is family. This is home for me. I always treasure coming here. Um, this church is very dear to my heart. Oh my God, good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to oh my goodness. What a joy. What a joy to be here. Um, I thank God for your lives and for the I always check in with Pastor Dave every time about this church. And it's always a wonderful testimony of the life. Uh, God is doing wonders in your midst. And I thank him to him be all honor and all invitation. Because uh, we cannot do any of this by our power. It is by his grace and mercy. And we give him all the glory. Um, I have 20 minutes. My my time, my, my timer is, is, is right there. Uh, today, by the grace of God, I will be sharing with you from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 13 to 17. And I, um, this message is going to be in two parts. We'll start this week, and then next week we will try to conclude. So sometimes this week uh, you would... Uh, you may get something this week and you didn't find a closure. Don't worry. Don't be, a, don't be afraid. Next week we will wrap it up and we will uh, give some closure to it. This particular passage of the scripture, Pastor Dave and I, um, for the last um, 15 years, when we have come together with um, and we we have to do things together. This passage is always something that him and I talk about because we have to, uh, we preach on it. And so I always get prepared because I know he, he's always asking me tough questions. <laughs> and so I always treasure, uh, treasure an opportunity to be uh, with him and for the two of us to be in the presence of God. Uh, so he's going on a trip. So uh, he's in Brazil. So I said, look, we also are going to go on a trip for the next two weeks. We're going on a trip with Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> you, never, you didn't know you're coming to a black church. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's go. let's go to the book of Luke chapter chapter 24, uh, Luke 24, and we're going to start from verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score followers. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they continued, communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and as sad? So these two disciples are going to, from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Emmaus is about seven miles from Jerusalem. And it's about, let's say, an hour journey. You know, they used to walk faster than 
big now yeah. because they have no cars. Uh, so about an hour and a half uh, trip is like going from Spokane, walking from Spokane to to uh, to Kobe. But to them, you know, their legs are faster than cars. So these two disciples were walking. This is after resurrection morning. They were they had followed Jesus from their various because they, they were part of the triumphant entry to Jerusalem. Because Emmaus is one of the towns from which Jesus rode the donkey to Jerusalem. And everybody, well, they were part of the people saying, Hosanna, 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 welcome, King. They were part of the team. They were disciples of Jesus. They loved Jesus. They knew, they were, they knew about Jesus for the last three years. Jesus has been teaching them from the word of God. He taught them that he is going to go and prepare a place for them. He taught them, he prepared them for what was coming. So, and then it happened. Jesus was crucified. He was buried. And people that were crying, Hosanna, all of a sudden, look at themselves and say, whoa, where is the master? Where is the master? These two disciples had been in Jerusalem were now on their way back to their hometown. As they were going, the two disciples were trying to process, they were trying to process the meaning of what just happened. Jesus crucified it doesn't register with them. They were reasoning among themselves. What's going on here? Because what they thought of Jesus is different from what Jesus was teaching them. You know you can be under a teacher and what the teacher is teaching you, you are not listening, you are busy teaching the teacher. What the teacher should say You know, so it's always good for us to have introspection, to think about what has gone on, what has happened. When you leave church this morning, you're going to go on your walk home or your drive home, you're going to think about the message this morning. This is what these two disciples were doing. They were thinking about what just happened. What did we just witness? You know, I will not call them Christian. These two disciples, at this point, you're going to see next week, uh, when we come back next week, that at this point, they are not Christians. They are not Christians. Why do I say that? Because in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, you can go to the next slide. Who is helping me advance this slide? Yes. So, you know, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, the Bible says to be, to be a Christian, you, you have to declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And then you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe 
and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So, they are not Christians because they did not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Not at this time. Not on this journey. They were questioning what just happened because Jesus died. And we're going to see more about why they were in this situation. Why were they? Now, you know, why are they? These two men on the journey, why are they in this place where they are confused? This is a confused stage. They are followers of Jesus. I'm not saying they are not followers of Jesus. You can be a follower of Jesus and not be a Christian. You can be a follower of Jesus and not be a Christian. They were disciples following Jesus all around, crying Hosanna, because their expectation of Jesus is different from what Jesus was teaching them. What they expected of Jesus is different from what Jesus came to do. So they are confused when Jesus died. Um, so the Bible talks about two things that they were doing when they were talking among each other on their journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. What were they talking about? Uh, we see that there are two things that they were talking about. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, Emmaus is about seven miles. Yeah. Uh, let's go to what, let's see what they were talking about. They were conversing and sharing news about what they have had Jesus was taken by the Romans and the rulers of the synagogue and was crucified, nailed to the cross, and died. They saw him die. And he was buried. They thought Jesus is. And the shocker for them is that they can't relate to what just happened. Jesus, Jesus, the Hosanna King, died. They were debating the significance of what they have had. They moved from conversing to reason. You see, he, God is not afraid when we think, when we reason about him. God is not afraid. He said, come, let us reason together. So, you know, we need to get away from the idea that we cannot think. We can't have a faith that reason. Okay? It's okay for you to think about it, to know what you believe. You've got to really process it. They were processing what they received. As they were doing this, something happened they never expected. Jesus joined them and walked alongside them. Jesus will walk alongside of you this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This passage says Jesus himself. When we look at it, he said Jesus himself, um, verse 15, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. 
Why did the Bible say Jesus himself? Why did he put himself? He could have said Jesus walk with them. Because the Bible wants to make it clear to us. This is not an apparition. This is not a ghost. This is Jesus himself. His bodily self. The person of Jesus was right there in their midst. And they didn't know. Imagine you teaching disciples for three years. Teaching them about what is going to happen. And then it happened. And then you are right there in front of them. And they couldn't recognize you. There are people that go to church for 10, 15 years. And they still don't, can't recognize Jesus. God will open your eyes in Jesus' name. Say amen. Amen. Jesus joined them. He walks with them. And he walks with me. And he Jesus is walking with you and talking with you and telling you you are his own and you still don't know. <laughs> there are many people who accept and quote the, teaching, the teachings of Jesus, but they don't accept him for who he is. And if you don't accept him, the teachings mean nothing. This precisely is the struggle of these people. The person of Jesus showed up and they can't see it. See, there, is, there are people that would that said they are Christians, but they only believe in the teaching of Jesus, love your neighbor. But they don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. They don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. He said, oh, all those things, let's just, just live, live by the creed. <laughs> this is why I love this church. There is freedom in this church. Amen. The disciple did not recognize Jesus as the risen Lord. The passage said the disciple did not recognize the person of Jesus, although he was there with them. Now, let's read. Jesus decided to, to intervene, to take his intervention a little further. Let's read verse 17 and 18 now. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and as sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, Asked me, said unto him, Art you only a stranger in Jerusalem, and has not known the things which have come to pass there in these days? Let's go to the next, next one. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? All of a sudden, they stood still. They were downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one? Are you? you get it? Did you notice how the Lord interjected? He didn't come in saying, I am Jesus. If you don't believe me, I will bang you on the head. <laughs> no. He started with a question. I once wrote a book. Question. There were three questions total 
in this passage. Most of us want Jesus to do something miraculous before we are saved. Like right in the sky. Now, Francis, you need to give your life to me right now. Otherwise, I will strike you dead. <laughs> Jesus doesn't do that. He wants to reason with you. He doesn't want children that is forced to worship him. He wants children that obey him and love him for who he is. These are his disciples. These three questions. Jesus said, what are you talking about? Why are you sad? This is a question of empathy. This is a question of concern. This is, why are you sad? Why are you not happy? COVID community church, why are you not happy? I brought you this far. I will take you to the head. Rejoice. Why are you not happy? Because of the grandkids? Because of the children? Because of the family? Because of the farm? Because of the work? Because of the challenges? Because of America? <laughs> Why are you sad? This is a question of empathy directed at the two disciples. The question invited them to look at themselves. And God is asking us to look at our hearts this morning. Why are you sad? Why are you not happy? Now look at the way they responded. This is the second question in the passage. Don't you know what is going on? Don't you know what is going on with my family? Don't you know what is going on with my grandkids? Don't you know what is going on in America today? Don't you see what is going on? Don't you see all the problems in our land? Don't you see the way they are taking your word? Don't you see the way they are taking the gospel of Christ? Don't you see the way that immorality is all over the land? Don't you see? The response is with a question of content. It's a question that says, shut up, get out of here. I'm using the American translation. <laughs> <laughs> I want us to pay attention to the name mentioned there, though. See, because this passage, because a lot of people don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You see, there is a reason why Luke wrote this. He said, and one of them whose name was Cleopas. Remember Luke is writing this account and he mentioned the name of one of the two disciples of this work. Not, two, not the two disciples, but one of them. Why drop a personal name in this context? Why did he do that? Why did Luke mention in particular Cleopas? Why? It's a way to tell the readers probably because Cleopas is still alive. I might have been the one that provided the account. This event probably happened 25 years after this. He was right, Luke was writing this 25 years after Jesus had died. So Luke is saying, 
If you don't believe me, go and ask Cleopas. Go and check it out with Cleopas. This is real. This is not a figment of somebody's imagination. This is real. Ask Cleopas. He was there. He was the one that asked the stupid question. <laughs> ask Cleopas. So Cleopas is one of the sources for Luke's writing. So he said, ask Cleopas. This is not a make-believe. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead is a reality. Jesus asked a genuine question and they responded with a question of his own. Now, Jesus could have said, is that how you answer your king? Is that how you talk to me? Don't you know me? Jesus responded with, tell me what happened. Jesus responded with compassion. Tell me what happened. Tell me. The third question is one of compassion. All right. What is it that happened? Tell me. If Jesus has stopped the conversation because he didn't get a good response, there will be no salvation for these two disciples. This is a lesson for us to learn. That when we are preaching to our kids or to our grandkids about Jesus, we have to be patient with them. We have to learn not to treat their contempt in the way they approach the word of God with the same contempt and respond in anger. We have to be patient. We have to be patient with them. So, as we go on this passage, we learn the two stumbling blocks. How am I to do time? My time is up. Okay. Okay, I'm going to. What time is it now? What time is it now? It's 10.54. Okay. I'm, I'm going to round up here. When we come back next week, we're going to see the two stumbling blocks that these disciples have to acknowledging Jesus as the risen Savior. And the two stumbling blocks that I need you to think about, uh, should I give it to you now? No. Oh, let me give it to you so that you can think about it all through the week. Yeah. One of it, one is political stumbling block. They want Jesus that would deliver Israel. In verse 20, they said, you know, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. They want a fighter, a freedom fighter that will deliver them from the Romans. That's a political stumbling block. That's number one reason why they did not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Number two reason is that, and verse is in verse 22. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found him just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Number one reason that they did not believe that Jesus has risen from death is political. Number two reason is cultural. Women said Jesus has risen from death. <laughs> We can't trust women. 
That is their culture at that time. How and then the women happen to be Mary of Martha. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? They can even be telling Jesus. Can you imagine Mary of Martha saying Jesus will be Who will believe? Any women are not believed at this time. If a, I'm a lawyer, if a woman were to testify in the Jewish law at this time, the testimony had to be backed up by a man. If a man, if a woman was accused of adultery and the woman said, hey, but what about the man? They will, uh, the judge will say, we cannot trust you. Your testimony cannot be taken. So, when you come by next week, we'll do a <laughs> <laughs>